This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Bentliff, and today I'm thrilled to have Josefina Garcia with us from Pro CFO Partners. Josefina, it's so nice to meet you, so nice to have you uh, join us here on Create the Next on the show. And one of the things that I I'm excited to talk about today is kind of this topic of scaling um, and doing it strategically because we talk a lot about how one uh, organizations often don't think about strategy, even if they think they are. Two, they get lost in tactical stuff or reactive stuff. Um, and three, especially where scaling is concerned, we've talked a lot lately around uh, SaaS organizations. We've talked about some other organizations where if you're unprepared for the realities of scaling and if you just kind of go into it or or it happens to you, um, we're going to be in trouble. So welcome. And let's kind of start with uh, kind of a general perspective. What do you what do you think is kind of the number one most problematic uh, thing where scaling is concerned that you see again and again and again in organizations? Got it. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Chris. I'm uh, super excited to be here. I have uh, listened to so many of the podcasts that I feel like I, I know you personally, so I'm super <laughs> excited to be your guest uh, today. Can't uh, wait to spend Thanksgiving together. It's going to be awesome. Yes, great. I'll bring the pie. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So uh, scaling and strategic scaling are um, or are, are something that's very dear to my heart. And I think it's because I've had the privilege in my career of working with a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I think um, scaling is one of those instances where entrepreneurs um, are forced to become very introspective and have to be truly honest with themselves in that transition from being an entrepreneur and wearing all the hats to becoming a CEO that kind of uh, brings in experts to help them make these decisions and strategize. Uh, I think whenever uh, entrepreneurs are uh, found in a situation where they have to scale, um, sometimes it is, it happens to them. And uh, they might approach it with, you know, well, we didn't plan this scaling, this is or, or or we need to plan it in this grand scale. And scaling might be something that is required, you know, just because you accepted one more client or one more project. And now you really have to be honest with yourself and look at your organization and think, are we doing the best that we can at the scale that we are now? Um, which of those things that we're doing now are actually ones that we would want to copy and paste into this expansion, into this new client, into this new project, into this new revenue stream, or truly sitting back and going, you know, these are areas where we need to improve before we we try to scale. Um, and I try to compare it to sometimes entrepreneurs can go in and think, well, I have one puppy, so I can have two puppies. Uh-huh. But when you think of scaling, sometimes is you had one puppy this whole time, and now you want to get a horse. <laughs> And it's just, it's a different set of needs. It's a different, you know, needs facility-wise processes. And and so it's very important to really um, just be honest and, and look at your organization and dissect it and, and make better choices before you copy-paste. There is so much to unpack here. I love this analogy. Yeah. I love this analogy because it's absolutely true. Even if you get another puppy, it's, you think it's going to be, I don't know, 
half the work because we've done it once and it turns out to be three times the work because this particular puppy is a very different sort of puppy than the one that you were used to. And I also love what you're sharing around this copy paste. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, the entrepreneur in my experience, and there are huge exceptions, but there's a ton of hustle, not a lot of systemization, not a lot of, uh, building the scaffolding to almost fire yourself so that somebody else can come on and pick up what you need to have happen. That almost, I don't know, happens later down the road. And, and I love what you're sharing with this idea of copy paste. So talk to me a little bit about that. How important is it for me to have and not just from an entrepreneur, maybe I'm a solopreneur, let's, you know, I'm a small organization or even a large organization, our mm-hmm. systems and processes, having the things that we do be predictably and and uh, repeatably understood, how important is that where scaling is concerned? Oh, it's absolutely crucial, um, especially whenever, you know, going back to the entrepreneurs, uh, you've been doing things a certain way. Uh, they've been working for you. So far, the clients have been okay with it, but maybe behind the scenes, it's convoluted. Uh, maybe it's not something that you can duplicate and hand somebody hand it to somebody else and they can pick it up and follow your processes. And if you as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, have created this dynamic, this persona of the type of services that you provide, and you do not um, perfect and then pass on those processes in a way where the best is kept and the things that are not so great are corrected, then you're no longer giving the same service. And it's not um, giving a true a true opportunity to people coming in if you do not hand over processes that are able to be duplicated in such a way that you're you have continuity to the services that you were providing otherwise by yourself. I mean, there's a lot there because Especially if if what I'm doing is a service-oriented business, uh, I might have, I don't know, pride of ownership or a, this is the way I do it and have succeeded. And it can be hard for some leaders to hand that off and to say, this is what I did, but please bring what you do differently or better. But also, these are the five or 10 things that really we have to do and how you do them is kind of up to you. Do you, when we're talking about this product and service offering, how dynamic is that? Is it something where So we're going to scale and we really need to sort of review that. Or should I be building my services kind of the whole time with an idea of what if it isn't me who's doing it? How do we make this continually successful? Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC Financial Flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com for sure. Um, yeah. So and going back, I actually um, I kind of had a list of the, of the five things to oh, read. Yeah. 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 Let's so that um, we talked a little bit about processes. And I think at every step, at, at every single one of these five steps, the important thing is to be honest mm-hmm. with yourself, uh, to be honest and truly look at your processes. If I was my client, uh, is the way that we deliver the service the, the way that I would have wanted to receive it as a client? Mm, is right. this how I want my client to see it? So, you know, starting with the processes, 
you want to again go, you know do the copy paste correct and whatnot when you move from processes to services or product offerings um i think that that becomes a little bit more where you can go back and look at the finances maybe look at which which product lines or services are giving you the best margin revisit the ones that are not if they are things that you are truly passionate about and you do not want to get rid of then make decisions to make to to increase those margins on those services then you know if you go in and you find out that product line C is the one that you are absolutely passionate about and you must keep but it has the smallest margin then before you scale you have to make the decision of how can i how can i increase those margins margins and going back how do i improve those processes so that those margins increase so that i can duplicate it and be uh, profitable while still continuing to do what I love. So again, it, it goes honesty with your processes, honesty with your product offering and services. And, and, you know, sometimes we have to be harsh with ourselves and go, you know what? That's just not what our strong suit is. That's not our, our wheelhouse. Or again, if it's something that you want to keep, then maybe that's where you bring a consultant or an expert in and go, okay, we really want to keep this. This is, this has made our company or, or is part of, of our, um, branding or, or who we are, and we don't want to get rid of it. But again, it goes back to being honest and recognizing that maybe we're not doing the best at it. We need some expert advice. I love uh, also the idea that things are connected and that you can improve your margins if your systems and processes are more efficient or um, your products and services can be more robust or more attractive to the marketplace if they're backed up by uh, things that make them uh, more attractive, and I love asking the question: How would how would I want this received? Were I on the other side of it? Uh, that's genius. Tell me, what's the third thing on your list? Yeah. So the the most important thing, actually. Uh, so now you have processes and you have products and services. Um, what about the people? The people are who are going to do those processes. Uh, the people are uh, who's going to be delivering those products and services, and I. I as always, you know, people are the most important things because they're the ones that uh, that create your company. They're the biggest asset. So this is a time where, again, with honesty, you approach your team and you look at who you have. And one of the things that I'm very um, focused on whenever we're scaling with a company that's been established is recognizing your team and looking at them and they're each one individually what's their what are their strengths what are their weaknesses where do we need to go who's already in that position to move to where we want to go who's not quite there who needs to be um either educated or trained um and i, I strongly believe in loyalty and rewarding loyalty in your employees but sometimes we again we need to take a step back and go you know this person has been with a company this long um, however, we don't feel that they may be prepared for this next uh, to, or to move up in this next phase. You can reward them in a different way. You don't have to. You don't have to um, give the the lead to somebody who may not be prepared, but you might give them a, a, a different hat to keep them uh, feeling. You know, just that that connection to the company and that loyalty. So, really looking at your team, seeing where everybody is, where everybody's capable of being in that strategic um, increase or, or growth, um, educating the team members that are that are able to, to move, scale up, maybe become leaders and, and just kind of work around 
moving your existing team and bringing experts in. You know, we've talked a lot about how it's not at all unusual for you to have people on your team. And we've talked about it specifically from the CFO perspective that were really great when the company was this size or the responsibilities were this many or the expertise or advice needed was this kind. But as the company grows, we're slow to adapt. And we just ask that same person who maybe doesn't have the skill sets required for a larger perspective or a larger scope. We ask that person to just somehow, you know, keep coming along. And inevitably, there can be frustration that arises if that person just isn't prepared, not just uh, from, you know, a leadership perspective, but that person doesn't feel necessarily like they're able to do their best or are situated for success. And what I hear you saying is uh, you have to be ready to have those conversations internally, maybe introspectively, and then respond to them as you scale so that those things don't become uh, anchors and weights to your ability to kind of sail forward. That's exactly right. And you don't want your employees, again, your loyal employees who are there and have been doing, uh, have been running your company this whole time to become um, bitter mm-hmm. about new people coming in, to become resentful maybe because they feel that they have been loyal to the company and now you're bringing in an expert who's telling them how to do things. So so communication actually, you know, absolutely crucial um, in that stage. And um, just again, assessing assessing the team. It's just absolutely important to know where everybody fits in the right place, where they are being their best self, providing the best uh, work that they can, being fulfilled, but also not a detriment to the company. Because sometimes when you do have those situations where the person has excelled uh, at a certain role and you expand, um, out of that loyalty, you might want to move them to that leadership position, but you also, you're trying to run a company and you know what your efficiencies will be in that case. So you have to find a tactful way maybe of, of, of doing something other than what this person might want at the time. And it's just a lot of, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound, but it's, it's a lot of psychology and a lot of really good communication with your, with your employees, Interesting. existing as well as the experts coming in. Uh, fascinating. So we've got processes, we've got the services and our offerings, uh, we've got our people. What is the fourth ingredient to your magical elixir for us to scale in the right way? Yeah. So now we talk uh, facilities and FF&E, uh, furniture, fixtures and equipment, uh, depending on on what type of, uh, of company you run. Um, again, taking on that extra project, taking on that extra client, you're potentially having to hire more people. Where are these people going to go? Um, there's a certain level of planning that you have to take. Um, so then you have to ask your your questions to yourself. Is the current facility that we're in able to house um, what we're trying to do next? Uh, and if it's not, are we going to buy a building or are we going to construct a building? Um, are we going to expand on the building that we have? And, and based on the answers of those decisions, and you're talking about a whole separate set of experts that may need to be involved. You're talking architects, engineers, general contractors, lawyers, realtors. Um, so some of these things, you really have to think ahead and do some strategic planning because there, this is where the big decisions come in. Um, this is where um, some planning needs to take place if you're moving, if part of your facility is going to be down while you're expanding. Mm. Uh, if you know, if you if you need to move, how long will you be down while you're transferring from one facility to the other? How long will the setup take? What equipment do we need? So all that planning um, needs to take place once you figure out again 
uh, how you've improved your processes, which product or ser and services are we keeping, who are the people that we need, now where do we put these people and what equipment do we need to get for them? For me, that jumps to uh, cash flow and investment. And I'm wondering if, where does money show up in your list of amazing things I need to do to scale? Uh, that's number five. Hey, so. <laughs> perfect. You you got us there. That's perfect. Um, because really, you don't know how much money you need for the scaling until you have all these other things figured out. Interesting. Uh, again, if you try to copy paste your existing processes and you bought equipment for a line that wasn't uh, bringing in a lot, a lot of revenue, now you've like further invested into something that's going to continue to eat at your profits. Um, if you don't know how many people you need to hire to to fill those products and services needs, then you don't know how much uh, money you need to pay those salaries and, and employee benefits. And uh, again, it, it all kind of ties back, but you need to have all these pieces in place to know how much money you need. And that's why it's very important to, um, even if, if the if the owner thinks that scaling is something that they might want to do within the year to start now looking at the processes to start now improving them to get an expert in to help them look at their margins to help them look at their cash flows and also if if it's something where they need to raise capital whether that's investors or lending they're going to want rock solid financial systems in place uh, because the investors are going to want to see those those strong reports the strong cash flows and they're going to want to see those sources and uses reports showing okay we're going to give you this money exactly how are you going to use it in those processes in those services with those people in those facilities and then more importantly how are we going to get this money back they're going to want to see that projection and that forecast of, you know, if we give you the money now, when do we start seeing that money back? So that's where, you know, once you have all those pieces in place, it makes drawing that financial picture for the lenders or investors all that much easier to not only show them in numbers, but discuss it with them because now you've been thinking about it for a while. And, you know, spoiler alert, everybody, but that is a sweet spot for ProSiovo partners to come in from this sort of fractional expert perspective and not become a huge anchor of overhead for you, but to be able to uh, pull all these strings together. But then I also love what you're sharing, Josephine, about experts and, and our network of experts that can help you with some of these things or the referrals that can be made to kind of help you scale uh, in the way that will help you succeed. So our five things, if I repeat them, we've got processes, product service offerings, people, our facilities and the things that go with it. And finally, uh, finance. Anything yeah. else that I need to know or am I ready to go, Josephina? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> uh, so those are definitely the five things um, to, to plan the big strategic picture. Uh, but honestly, beyond that, uh, you still need to think, you know, is this expansion something that's permanent or is it something that's temporary? If it's permanent, um, then you have to start thinking marketing strategy and how are you going to fill that extra capacity with customers? Um, how are you going to sell those services? How potentially the scaling changed your company in such a way that the marketing needs to change? Mm. And then... Um, also, something to think in um, whenever whenever you're 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 planning for the long term is whenever you you think of that financial aspect, 
always think of the of the little things that may or may not always create a little bit of a cushion for yourself because neither lenders or investors want to hear a few months into the increase, hey, we need more money. That just sounds like you didn't know what you were doing. You weren't prepared. Um, so, so really think of the, you know, of the downtime of the potential, um, missed revenue, missed profit during the downtime and include that in your financial projections, include that in, uh, in the money that you're requesting. Um, and again, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> spoiler alert too, but really have an expert that's going to look at the, at the whole picture. And that's what, you know, pro CFOs and the modern CFO, um, description encapsulates is somebody that's going to go in and it's going to look beyond the numbers. We're no longer looking at just finances as pro CFOs. We're looking at the whole picture. We're looking at those margins and those processes and the people and advising and connecting with others in our group who have the expertise. Find yourself a, a pro CFO. Find yourself that expert that's going to that's going to be your sidekick that's going to guide you again from being an entrepreneur to a true confident CEO. Josefina Garcia, just a gift of knowledge and expertise uh, for us this morning. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Can't wait to have you back and we'll continue the conversation on scaling and all the things uh, involved with it. But this has been a fantastic sort of crash course masterclass in the things that we should be thinking about as leaders uh, as our organizations grow. Thank you, Josefina. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.